So guess what, Peter? What you know what just what? happened two hours ago? Elon. Elon has bought or is going to be buying Twitter. Forty six yeah. billion. You want to talk about why? Please. I want to hear your take on why. Oh, I think I've went down the rabbit hole on this one, bud. Um, okay, talk to me. This is a big deal for me. Um, for me, this is a big deal. Well, okay. No need to go down the rabbit hole, but what? Why, why did he buy this? Why did he buy Twitter? So he is an absolution, uh, absolutist of okay. free speech, okay? Yeah. I thought America was absolutist of free speech. Well, we are. No matter what. Um, so it's important to him. So the reason he's having to buy... So here's what happened. He bought... He bought 11%, okay? Right. The board offered him a seat, at which point he was going to take it. Uh, what's his name? Sundar. Um, Whatever. Ar- Argarwal is, is the CEO. But then they said, a hey. T-bone? If you, That's awesome. No, if you take the Shout board seat, <laughs> if you take the board seat, uh, then you can you basically can never get more than 15%, which would not be a controlling interest. So he rejected the board seat and said, no, here's the deal. I'm going to make what the poison pill is. The, po- I the poison right. pill. So the poison pe- pill. PBD came in and told me about this, and it was way over my head. Yeah. So the poison pill is something that boards can implement, um, and it truly is a poison pill. They can implement to create more shares, effectively diluting themselves in the process, which is the poison pill. But it allows Elon would have to then keep chasing. The limited, so they would basically issue a ton more shares, at which they would get uh, they, they would get to they, buy more of, and then Elon right, would get the diluted. Fiduciary responsibility exactly. devalue the company; they'd be sued. So the number one job of a board of a publicly traded company is the fiduciary responsibility to, to its shareholders. Share. Oh, this is great! So they become personally liable if they decide to poison pill and want to stay in control. They are personally liable. So Jack only owns actually two percent at this point. Two percent right. of the company, right? So he's kind of out. He's kind of, and and he, I think, would probably. He looks like an he looks like an evil superhero, by the way. Now, well, he looks I, like the people that fought like Superman him. in that movies in the eighties. No, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying he's got that look. Yeah, he does. Kind so of. go ahead. I'm sorry. So so that's where we are with, with Elon. So everyone, you know, when this happened last, let's call it, I think it was last week, late last week. You know, YouTube was a buzz. Twitter was a buzz, of course, and there were people saying that there's no chance that their board is going to let this happen. Elon being such the flex that he is, right? He's such, he, he subtly reminded everybody that he's much richer than everybody else. And here's how he did it. Do you know how? No, this is great. I'm loving it. He this. made the offer for 5420, the number 420. If you remember, this is how he yeah. became the richest man in the world with the number 420. You ready? Remember yes. when he tweeted with one tweet, he became the richest man in the world, made over three, uh, how much he made over a hundred billion dollars with this tweet. He said the Bitcoin tweet. Nope. No, no, that's not a new Bitcoin. Okay. Okay. This okay. is when he Calm was down, threatening. This is what I just can't believe you don't, you, I can't believe you don't, I know, don't this. know this. But, hey, listen, there's a lot of people that don't know this. All Comment right, below story. if you don't know this. No, story. no, no, no. Don't gang up on me. It's going to, you'll see. All right. So he wrote thinking about ta- taking Tesla private. At $420 per share funding secured, right? Which put the, which was a subtle taunt to the SEC saying, I'm going to take this private. Twitter went crazy. Tesla, everyone jumped on Tesla and rode the rocket up because they thought that he was taking Tesla private. Okay. okay. So the, the 420 is, is just, a, in this instance of Twitter, is such a f- subtle flex because the stock price 
is nowhere near $54 right now. Okay. It's in the, it's in the high thirties. Now he has to pay a premium to get that much of the control to privatize the company. He has to take, he has to pay a premium, usually 20 to 30%. So he's right in there, but he, but he's paying actually a little bit more than that only because he wanted to get to the number in the fifties, but he wanted to include the number 420 just to remind everybody, Hey, I'm richer than you. I'm richer than you. Uh, Well, listen, it's April 25th as we record this podcast. Was was the news of his position at, on on April twenty? By any chance, did he do something on four twenty? On the no, it was four. It was the tweet. If you look back, it, it was it's four uh, funding secured four twenty. So so four twenty is kind of this mythical number. In, in I know, but it'd be cool land. if he just on five days ago released something as well. Like this um, guy's. you know, actually, Craig, I don't you know. know. It may was it done on four twenty? It might be. What four? So we're at April twenty fifth right now. So yeah, it was I'm Thursday afraid. actually. So. That's pretty, that's pretty funny if that's the case. He almost is like – Elon is almost like a living meme. He loves jokes. He loves memes. He loves – He's creative as hell. He man. loves to just talk shit to people without talking shit to people. <laughs> yeah, remember when uh, someone – God, he um, – Bernie Sanders tweeted – Oh, my him, God. He's like, you're still alive? Like, I, I have to keep reminding myself <laughs> you're still alive. <laughs> oh, my God. Like they say they don't, you don't pay enough taxes. He's like, I've just, I've paid more taxes this past year than any other human being in the history of the U.S. government. Than all of y'all combined. (laughs) Right, but I have to keep reminding myself you're still alive. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. I never even saw the response. I think Bernie just just took off. Don't don't go toe-to-toe with Elon. He just went. It's like the guy, by the way, speaking, I know we're just talking uh, 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 latest events, but, like, did you hear someone, like, like talk shit to Mike Tyson on the plane <laughs> on the plane no talk shit it's in like, his face like got right, right, so he's right. behind him yeah. in this plane first right, class I saw that. and this guy was a little drunk and yeah. he literally just kept taunting Mike Tyson yeah literally and guess what Mike Tyson jumped him. up and did beat yeah. the dog shit out of this guy yeah that's that's what happened and the internet cheered like, him which which right. I'm too everyone cheered him this guy was beat he's up from the criminal, toes up by the way huh yeah He's a career criminal, the guy that taunted Mike Tyson. Oh shit! But Is it really? As a pub, yeah, as a public service announcement too. Like, don't pet rabid pit bulls. Number one is another one. Don't like you know uh, <laughs> go kick a sleeping bear. Well, look, um, everyone's yeah. got a plan until the, it, when they when they taunt yeah, when they taunt Mike Tyson until they get punched in the <laughs> face. In the so the back of our uh, manual, the first manual we ever had at the Bulletproof Summit was everyone's got a plan until they get smacked in the freaking mouth, which is Mike Tyson. I summit. love that we're talking current events here, by the way. Um, we maybe, didn't mean they, to. No, that, I'm, I'm not actually not being sarcastic, Craig. I think that's that some of my favorite pods actually just kind of rant on like uh, what's okay. What's my well? We get let me let me circle back for one second. So, um, that's what all in podcast does. What, what talk to me? What does this mean? So, he just tweeted something along the lines of, I hope my my uh, my harshest critics stay active on Twitter. He said that, yeah, because he's because he's standing. So, basically, what he's saying is, is it's the fall of the of the empire when you have companies that can can he's he. If Twitter is acting like the town hall, but Twitter is then aligned with left or right from a partisan Ideology, perspective, yeah, yeah right. then it's a dangerous proposition. He's saying, look, going to space and electric cars and all this shit is important, but if our town hall is broken, it's my duty as someone who has a shit ton of money to buy this and make sure it's free for all. 
And so basically what he's saying is he has two missions, to make sure that everyone can speak freely, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. You know, if you don't like it, then, 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 don't, then don't subscribe. And he wants to fix the bot problem, which I am a big user of Twitter, probably the only social media I use. And the bot thing is a problem, Greg, where people can sign up, take your name. Um, yeah. You know, it's a bot. So he wants to solve that by making Twitter almost like cost a dollar a month or just something that's a little bit. So it's not just free for everybody. Um, that's one, that's one, that's one, uh, solution that he's presented. Um, so those are really his two missions and, and yeah. he, he feels very, very strongly about it. Yeah. Um, it says, I hope that even my worst critics remain on Twitter because that is what free speech means. And everybody's blowing up, like define hate speech. How do you, how do you cancel hate speech? And then people are saying right now, um, if Elon buys, if Elon Musk buys Twitter, I'm deleting the app is the new, if Trump wins, I'm moving to Canada. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I don't want to delete that shit. Um, I don't know. I mean, but you know, if they do, if they do, what are they afraid of? Right. Oh, oh, now, now, now there's going to be real talk here. I'm leaving. Like that makes no sense. Like who in their right mind doesn't want a lot of people because they, they do believe that. There's hate speech. Hate speech is right. I agree with that. You, there, you shouldn't. There's hate speech shouldn't be allowed where you're literally just just talking and hurting people intentionally. You know, and, and yeah. who who then becomes who then becomes Craig the moderator of that? I guess is is, but I think some people just don't <laughs> like certain narratives to be played out publicly. Is what I'm saying in the town hall setting. So, yeah. so I like how we're doing this, Craig. I don't know, but. Two of my favorite pods do this, the All In Podcast, and then My First Million with uh, Sam Parr and um, what's the other guy's name? And uh, Shane Puri, or what's his name? Probably should know this. Puri, yeah, I was right. They do this. They, they rip about it a lot. But I got So does some... that mean, does that, wait, just one more question okay. about this. So what happens then? More, it's more, Twitter becomes more inclusive, all the Twitter, if they Twitter, if he takes it private, okay, um, Luckily, because of the Jobs Act that was created, I think Obama created the Jobs Act, and um, I don't know the exact legislation, but it allows for 2,000 other people to be shareholders in that. Hmm. Um, so there's a way around it for him to privatize it um, so he doesn't have a fiduciary responsibility to shareholders um, mm-hmm. at being publicly traded companies. So he, he does want to take it private, I believe. Um, Interesting. So, but you can imagine us coming up, Craig, you can imagine <sighs> the nervous energy as we're coming up to midterm elections. You can imagine both both sides of the aisle being like, this could be bad. Oh, yeah. He said the, the best social media platform is one on which the extreme left 10 and the extreme right 10% are both equally unhappy. It's yeah. true. It's, it's like, a, what do they say? A good negotiation is where both parties leave feel moderately happy leave, or, or, yeah, or moderately or, upset. Moderately, moderately upset. upset. Okay. You know, you've done, you've struck a good negotiation when both people are the same degree of unhappy. Yep. That's, that's the, I, that's the, that is the characteristics of a fair deal, right? Right. Yeah. Both, both parties should be unhappy. That's true. That's wild. So, Peter, I've been using Compassionate Finance for a couple of years now. What I love about it is at a certain point, third-party financing options that you're out there, it's like, geez, this is a great business to be in. I want to be in the business where I'm, you know, helping patients out and getting a big on the interest rates. Um, so uh, it's worked really well for me. I'm taking patients that normally couldn't qualify, you know, creating long-term payment plans and creating some of the upside Yeah, and you're accruing. Me. I mean, you've been accruing, you know, you're acting as the bank, right? And the intermediary Correct, in yeah. that scenario. And I have you a portfolio. have portfolio. 
for quite a, a massive portfolio now. Um, yeah. So this is this is great. Um, I love it when you know we don't have to rely on third parties to be to provide the service. Meaning that here's a patient and we're providing the service. Why does there have to be someone in between, right, to say yes yeah. or no? And I love that you get to be the one who dictates yes treatment, yes I'll take it. And and since I'm providing the treatment, I don't need to provide the, the funds right now. I'll take it over time. It's just it's a it's a great methodology and a great solution where sometimes there's not one for. Um, approving people, so I think it's I think it's worked really good. Both of our practices. Yeah, it's working really well for me. My goal is to get to like seven figures of portfolio. Um, I'm, I want to do more and more and more. I, I'd rather have a, a long term performing portfolio because let me tell you something. My bank is not even going to give me a fraction of a percent on the money I put in it. So I'd rather have something for, performing for me like that, like compassionate finance. All right. Wild. Well, the, you took us on a wild tangent today. Anything else you that's, want to talk about current events? Or is that, um, I've got something for us. Well, I got just to tell you about my 60 gallon uh, diesel fuel tank. No, we, that, yeah, right? you did. I think that's okay, ridiculous fine. that you want to, okay. you want to fill up one time every six months or whatever. I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> I wish, I wish I filled 60 gallons in six months. Hey, how much days. is diesel right now, by the way? Five. Five dollars. Five. $5. How much is, um, how much? I know only because I filled up the other day. Oh, wow. Uh, but it's moving fast, man. Gas is moving fast. It's so Putin. today, well, we need to open that. Everything's pipe. Putin's fault. Everything's Putin. Even inflation. Everything's Putin. Putin. Inflation was transitory until it was Putin's fault. Well, um, did you hear he, he won the Nobel Peace Prize for curing COVID in 40 hours? <laughs> Literally, he, he invaded a, a sovereign nation and COVID just poof, poof, gone. It's, it's, it's a remarkable world we live in. It is a All right, I, I had a uh, funny thing that I was that I was I thought of you, Craig, and I was like, I'm really good. I'm going to read this on the pod and not give Craig any intel on what I'm about to reading. So you can take this however I think you'll enjoy this story. So today is going to be bulletproof story time, just for a second. Oh, good. But I'm going to read something that I saw on a wall in a Jimmy John's restaurant. Okay. Jimmy John the sandwich. Jimmy John's sandwich. Sandwich. Stuff, yeah. yeah, I'm a big fan. Okay. Isn't he like a, just uh, just for a piece of information, isn't he like an exotic animal uh, hunter? Mm, this this much I do not know. Yeah. All right. So ready? Ready for my story? You're going to pay attention? Yes, please, please. I'm, okay, because I think this is applicable yeah. to dentistry very much so, and, and especially kind of what you teach. You know, between what you teach and I teach, I think this is re- going to be the, the, the story of this, the summation of the story you're going to jump all over because you teach this a lot to people. Okay, so ready? Yes. It's a little bit of a longer story, so bear with this story time. Okay, so here we are. The American investment banker was at the pier of a small coastal Mexican village when a small boat with just one fisherman was docked. Inside the small boat were several large fin tuna. The American complimented the Mexican on the quality of his fish and asked how long it took for him to catch them. The Mexican replied, only a little while. Then the the American asked, why didn't he stay out a little longer and catch more fish? The Mexican said, he had enough to support his family's immediate needs. The American then asked, but what do you do with the rest of your time? The Mexican fisherman said, well, I sleep late, I fish a little, I play with my children, take a siesta with my wife, Maria. I stroll into the villages each evening where I sip wine and play guitar with my amigos. I have a full and busy life. The American scoffed. <laughs> I am a Harvard MBA. I could help you. You could spend more time fishing with the proceeds, buy a bigger boat, and with the proceeds from the bigger boat, you could buy several more bigger boats. 
Eventually, you would have a fleet of fishing boats. Instead of selling your catch to a middleman, we could sell directly to the processor, eventually opening your own cannery. You would control the product, the processing, and the distribution. You would need to leave this small coastal fishing village and move to Mexico City, then L.A., and eventually New York City, where you will run your expanding empire. The fisherman asked, hmm, but, but how long will all this take? To which the American replied, 15 to 20 years. But then what? The Mexican asked. The American laughed and said, well, this is the best part. When the time is right, you would announce an IPO and sell your company stock to the public and become very, very rich. He would make millions. Millions, asked the fisherman. Then what? Well, the American said, you would then retire, move to a small coastal village where you would sleep late, you would fish a little, play with your kids, take a siesta with your wife, mm-hmm. stroll the village in the evening, sip wine, and play guitar with your amigos. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. You do. So where was that exactly? It was on the wall of of um, Jimmy John's. And so I thought, I, you know, as I read there, I kind of sat there, was just waiting for a sandwich, and I was like, oh, my God, Craig would love that. I'm going to read it on I the pod live because it's so true, and I think it resonated so much with dentistry and the movement well, you know we what I, have. First of all, it's like, go, go ahead. And the Move movement in. we have with this, this, this obsession right now with – DSOs and private equity buying us and then what, and then what, and then yeah. what, right? And oh, I thought, thought it was so applicable. I'm going to start my own DSO. I'm going to do some roll-ups and I'm going to, you know, just because that's the narrative, but you don't stop and think like, huh, I actually really loved my life before yeah. when I was taking strolls and fishing and, yeah. you know, singing with my amigos. And yeah. so anyway, I love it. I'm flattered that you thought of me for that story. That's cool. That's the, I'm, I'm happy that when you see something like that, you think of me. That's cool. That's a big compliment to me. Wow. Okay. Uh, but that's, that's cool. I love it. I mean, it's so true. It's like the, and then what game? So you can do it both ways. You can do the positive and then what, or the negative and then what, like, you know, so my buddy, Randy, who has been in the pod, one of my favorite people, you know, every time he got a bad review or something, happened, flooring Randy, he, right? Yeah. Flooring. Yeah. Randy. He's a genius businessman. So every time like something bad happened in his business, he thought it was like the beginning of the end. Like he had one of his major people because he had only like, you know, maybe 20 customers and they were big baller customers. So it's like when we have a bad review on Yelp, it's like, okay, one patient. But what he described to me is like when he would have one of his major customers upset with him, he would literally think that the toilet was flushing and his whole business yeah. was spiraling <laughs> and about to go down into the sewer. Dude, I still and do it's that. Just, I still yeah, do we, still, we all still do. You know, it's like uh, Costas was saying the other day, it's like one board letter, one associate quitting, one, you know, hygienist going off the walls or something like we're, we're one move away from something catastrophic. But then you play the and then what game? Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just say you do, you know, get that bad review. And then what? And then what? And then let's say this, there's, there's always something that you could, what I'm trying to say to is To mitigate that, the fear saying. Right, but at the very, very end, at the end of all the and then what's, you might find yourself, okay, then I'm in a two-bedroom condo and I work at Aspen part-time. Right. I'm like, that's not so bad. Right. So like when I when I went off to do my massive project back in 2012, my and then what, if everything went to shit, and it was a very real possibility that I was going to go to shit, um, I would, you know, I just didn't realize how close I was, but looking back and being a more sophisticated business person and understanding the loans and the nature of the loans I signed and how, what type of recourse they had, 
um, I just thought I'll move to Carmel, California and work for somebody and probably make a couple hundred grand a year and life could be pretty damn good. Yeah. So our worst case scenarios are never as good as they are never as bad. as I they love that. You, you play the worst case hypothetical scenario and, and, right. and what but the you best think... case is not that great either to the point of the Mexican fisher fisherman. But we have a tendency to 10x what you know is probably possible at, from a negative perspective, and not not do that on the flip side of the positive. Um, I, I think that's a I think that is a great, especially if, if you are a worry wart like myself. I think that is a great I mean, exercise. Always, yeah, you are. You're. I definitely can't the calm my freaking brain down. I think I'm more than. I'm do you make yourself? You do you, yeah, you definitely are. You, uh, yeah, thank do you, you make yourself? Do you make thank yourself you. go through that exercise, or are you just sitting here? Yeah, I do. I do. And listen, it? I don't. I don't worry per se as much as I have like a little bit of anxiety that's that I can control better than I ever could. But I have an active brain. So, for example, I will get my brain firing on mm -hmm. like the ranch. You're you're late at night firing up because you will text me at like eleven and start getting on these rants. Well, I'll just, I just, I just explore things and it's, it's partly enjoyable for me. So I know a, a little bit about myself. Like if I did sell my company for some stupid money, I would worry about that guy. Cause I yeah. would, I would put the same amount of energy thought and desires into like, like my ranch. I'd be like a neurotic freaking cow, you know, cow rancher. Like I wouldn't want to do that. So I need outlets. I need a lot of outlets. I need to, to express myself. But uh, I did want to say um, one thing um, you were talking and I just, damn, I just lost it. Uh oh, look, a squirrel. No, I did just lose it. I was talking about, do you practice being like, are you a disciple of your own teaching or are you just sitting here? pontificating <laughs> about yeah you're just bullshitting everybody <laughs> no 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 i mean listen it's um i i definitely do practice well i mean yesterday i was in the i was in the woods and hiking with my son and i put myself in situations to deprive myself of the opportunity to go down rabbit holes mm -hmm. uh and generally i'm you know i'm happier than i've ever been but it's also because i i get a chance to help other people more, more profoundly too so that's that's part of my fulfillment um I do want to tell you about something cool that happened. Um, just, I just did a podcast with HR five. I think it was really cool. I'm really excited. Yeah. With about, yeah with so we just did right before this, we just recorded with them and that's Tom neighbors. who's like the OG in oral systemic health and oral systemic cool. dentistry. Um, but that the new testing stuff that they've got going on, I, I love that dentistry is moving into diagnostic driven methodologies versus like, let's just, let's just scale the shit out of things. And like, so really cool. They're actually coming to Bulletproof and doing um, HR5 for everyone, which cool. is, yeah, they're test. They're going to do free testing to all the uh, people in the, uh, in the audience. Um, yeah. When you meet those younger people that are otherwise healthy and you see their bone like unzipping, you know, mm -hmm. there has to be another Something therapeutic pathologically mechanism. systemic. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's just, it's not going to be, you, you see people that have create as a calculus and their bones stay there and they don't have that chronic inflammation and that growth of that bacteria. And then you see like a 26 year old, otherwise healthy young individual and they lose their bones so fast because of that bacterial bacterial um, component. So yeah, I'm really pleased that we have other tools besides scraping, like to your point. I just think, you know, it's, it's really, and by neat. the way, did I tell you, did I tell you I use Periprotect now? Do you use Periprotect? Are, are you serious right now? I'm the one who got you using it. No, 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 no. I, well, you know, what's funny is Randy got me using it though. I know you brought it to my practice, 
But I'm like, ah, that's great. You know, I, we don't need to worry about that. And then like Randy, who's like just so enthusiastic about everything. He's like, you know, when you're using your ParaProtect, Craig, I'm like, I don't use that shit. He's like, well, what, what do you mean? You don't have ParaProtect? Oh, you're saying you personally have ParaProtect. I personally use it now. Everyone should have it. it it's Yes, it's holy like, smokes. It's just, it's just one of those things you should just be issued as a human. Right, yeah. Um, do you actually use it? Yeah, I, I actually use, I put it in the shot. So, you, don't, you know, it's, it's exposure that's the important part, right? It doesn't have to be a long exposure. It's just exposure every day. So I just do it in the shower, right? Me too. Real quick, pump, rinse it out. Um, but I like the gel, but I know it sounds like a ParaProtect commercial. And but it, I'm, what, because so it whitens? I, you, no, I like the way, so the regular viscous carbamide peroxide that you use for whitening treatments is like- Too viscous. Too viscous. You can't get into the tray. It's mm-hmm. all stuck in your mouth. It mm-hmm. feels like you're eating like peanut butter on Ritz crackers or something like stuck to the roof of your mouth. You can't get that crap off. So what I love about this is it just washes right out. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather do a more frequent, more water-soluble carbamide peroxide treatment for whitening then I'll overnight. Yeah, it's only a two point one or something percent, right? So it's enough. Okay, to be, so what's a no, so normal whitening's ten percent then? Ten uh, percent hydroperoxide, yeah. yeah, which is pretty pretty. No, ten percent carbamide. No, no. So carbamide it has a higher concentration because it breaks down. Carbamide is more stable, right? So it's better in whitening gel, but it breaks down into a lesser concentration. I think it's carbamide peroxide and urea actually. Okay, got it. I think got it. I, it's been a while since I looked at the science. This I'm, about, I'm probably about to get title, by the way. I'm about to get scorched on this, but yeah. Oh well. Carbamide peroxide and, and Elon ur- Musk and urea. Carb- and urea <laughs> and urea <laughs> and Twitter. <laughs> hey, you know what? We did get we did get lots of feedback with the ones called rants. We get people saying like more of this, and I'm like, wow, okay. really. I don't feel, I, I feel like you're that interesting, but you know, I'd be nothing. Yeah, you're without, pretty interesting. I'd be nothing. Well, I, I'm a plethora of useless knowledge. That's for shit short. No, it's not. This is not useless. So, so uh, what else, what else was on your mind besides that story? The, um, that was, that I love was that it. story, by the way. No, that was, that was really it. And I think I, I especially thought it was, was timely, um, you know, as we're coming up, as you and I are kind of curating new agendas and curriculums for summit and just like. I don't know. I just thought it was really cool and a great reminder that that so many times the blessings are we're already doing the blessings. We just we just haven't taken inventory of that, right? Like the life we live are usually blessings. And if we don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm yeah. Kind of, I, uh, let me finish your yeah, thought. Thank if you, you don't have an active process to curate some level of gratitude for what you have, you will take it for granted. It's the, it's a hedonic principle. It's the hedonic treadmill. You're making goals. You're postponing your happiness for the future. Like, Oh, it, as soon as this comes in or that comes in, or I build my new operator. I hire this person. I use mm-hmm. this, or I get to a million dollars or whatever it is. If you can't be happy right now, if you can't find a reason to be happy today, you can never create happiness in your future. Dude, that's actually, the, I, d- I know is. where I want to go. This is where I wanted to go with this. Thank you for bringing this up. And this is actually, I want to talk about the, um, the podcast that you sent me that was from your wife. Oh, yeah, that's so good. Right? It's called Strength to Strength. from, And it was on the Oprah, which, you know, I was thinking as you sent that to me, I was like, does Craig listen to the Oprah podcast? But then I'm glad you clarified it with, um, not that that'd be bad, but I'm glad you <laughs> clarified that with like, this is, you know, Zaisha sent me this. Um, but Zaisha I thought- sent me something so cool, by the way. She sent me that podcast and she never sends me podcasts. So yeah. I thought it was really cool. And she said right do, at the end Do you end think she's it, ever listened to yours? No, she doesn't even know we have one. <laughs> 
She has no idea that this exists. Shut up. So, so she writes, she sends that Arthur Brooks strength to strength. It was on Oprah's super soul, April 6, 2022. And she writes there, she goes, you are a visionary. I was like, Oh, that's so nice. Why? Um, so it's just neat that she, she thinks, well, wait, like, why, why, why? Um, I just closed the chat. Uh, you're a visionary. Um, just because she's like, you're really Craig, you're just, and she doesn't really pay me a lot of, uh, really heartfelt words. Cause I like, know I've just, seen it. She's hardcore. Yeah, she, she's hardcore. She's uh, but I like that. Her love uh, language is, let me hit you right with what I think right between your eyes, Craig. Here's what I think about. Yeah. You. Yeah. So she, she's not, uh, the type to be like wordy. I guess I, I have enough words. I talk enough for both of us, but it was like, you're a visionary. I'm like, well, what do you mean? She's like, you know, you're just a very smart man, Craig. You see things five steps ahead. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I would and agree. It, it's it's just cool that she said that. Wait, this was this on the heels of sending this po- of this link as well? It was. So she she thought of me with the strength the strength podcast and said, "You're ahead of the mm. curve." So let me give and a little they, context for yeah, people please. with this. So so Arthur Brooks, who was the he's a Harvard professor, was on the Oprah podcast, and Craig sent me this this thing. Obviously, we've talked about that. And so what it's and I think it again is super applicable to dentistry, not us ranting about Elon, but this is applicable to dentistry. But it's finding what he talks about is is finding deep purpose in the second wave of your life, right? Whereas most of us curve. second curve or even called it waves, right? So yes, but most people who who are who are just go 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 in their twenties and thirties, um, they feel their best years are behind them. Right. Especially when it's linked, because he said you have two sides of your brain. This is neurologically um, proven that there's a there's a there's a portion of your brain. And I think it's your prefrontal cortex that peaks at a certain age, like 30 or 40. And yeah. it's the it's the side of the brain. And then that fades at that certain aptitude, that ner- that neuro strength fades. Right. Is that what it is? Well, it's 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 they did a study on this and you would expect the people who had accomplished the most in their life right? As they, as they near retirement to be the happiest in retirement, but it's actually the absolute opposite because they rested on the laurels of what they did in the first curve or the first wave, but didn't plan for the second. So the first curve is kind of, this is where I think it's dentistry and this is called the striver's curse, right? So it's, so the takeaway is don't count your past successes to get you happiness uh, in their second curve of your life. You must get on the second success curve to be happy in the second phase. And so in our first curve, it's the 20s and 30s. It's the rising dentist. I'm going to put dentist in there, right? The, the dentist who is, who is going to CE and getting skills and running an office and has respect in the office and is problem solving and all these things. And usually after retirement, there's no second curve to dentistry. Or they're already breaking into their second curve, as Oprah said, kind of a, a pod, where where you're starting to not be fulfilled by the things that you were were you had immense gratitude for and satisfaction for. For example, maybe some of your orthodontic moves, like the cases that you're just like, yeah, that's all right, but it was an amazing case, right? right, right. So you're just bored by things that would have wowed you years ago. That means that that's that's evidence that you are probably moving into the second curve of your life. So the and second no one curve, knows it. The and no one knows it. And, and you know it immediately. The so, shit that used to get you super fired up bores you now. Bores you, right? So this the yeah. second curve increases in your 40s through your 60s. This is kind of what he called your, your Dalai Lama brain. And this is where you get you get lit up by your capacity to teach others and share with others and make impact. 
And this has all been backed by kind of neuroscience, like you said, Craig. And this is why older people are better at teaching um, and better with wisdom and better with patience. Um, and the first curve is like me, 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 me. And the second curve should be, is more like you, 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 right? So it's more of the giving, the giving curve, but people fail. But the funny thing is too, the funny thing is, is in that giving curve, I was going to say, you get. So if you're the leader of an organization, you have multiple doctors or multiple team members, you can leverage them, help them get what they need. And in doing so, it'll return massively for yourself. He actually gave the example, which I tweeted back, tweeted. I know, dentist. Uh, he actually used the, a dentist example in, in the podcast. He said, you know you're starting to enter the second phase of the second curve, rather, when, like, he goes, for example, you're the dentist who loves work, and now you're seeking Fridays off or more time off. You're usually the first to know that you're entering that curve. Um he also talks about how like workaholic, I thought it was very fascinating because I was very guilty of some of the things he was talking about. Like workaholics are no different than someone who has a drug addiction, yeah. right? Or, 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 same or a smoker. Same, it's a dopamine receptor, yeah. right? It's that constant hit. It's the person who would, who would rather do the 14th hour of work than sometimes go home and do the first hour with their family just because they. Yeah, they, that was a great analogy. It was. The 14th hour of work or the first hour of, father, of being a parent. And I, you know, and sometimes, sometimes we've all been in that space where you just feel like, I know I have been where you sometimes get in, in modes of your career where you feel like you're in flow and you just want to stay up 24 hours a day and like roll on with your mission. Right. And everything else is a distraction, but sometimes, you, you know, but it needs to, it needs to, so I've been guilty of that. At, at him yeah. But it's that. funny thing. Funny thing is Peter, as your friend, I've watched you enter the second curve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've watched the curves. I've witnessed it. I've been your friend through the curves. Yeah. It's neat to watch it because I've gone through that curve too. And that's really important because if you're, you know, the people who have it hardest are the people who peak early. If you're a professional athlete and you're so good, you're used to going on the field and yeah. you're, used to, you're used to just being, being a badass in whatever sport you dominated in. And if you don't reinvent that, you'll lament the failings of your body, the failings of your abilities. Yeah. It will, you know, and that's, that's a really tough place to have. He did use that, the athletes as being the one that's almost the most pervasive problem because it's like they did so much in their 20s and 30s. And then all of a sudden they feel super lost or depressed even into, you know, the later half of their life. So he also talks about one more thing, Greg, which is getting in the gap. Um, do you remember that part? No, I about don't it, which was, the, it was the story he was talking about with him fishing and, and the guy oh, at, yes. at the, at the falling, uh, at yeah, the falling, falling tide. tide. Right. And so basically what he was going through this story about him fishing and, and the guy said, look, you don't want, you're not catching anything, are you? And he, and he was like, no, sir, I'm not. He's like, you need to wait for the falling tide. That's about 30 minutes from now. Okay. And he said, so he said he sat there with the man and they waited and about 30 minutes later, they started throwing in their line. And he said, there was just fish coming in all over the place. So the falling tide is when it, it leaves the ocean and it throws up all the microplankton and all that stuff or the plankton rather than microplankton plankton. Right. And so the fish start going crazy and they get into a feeding frenzy, which encourages them to bite the hook. So his takeaway from that, as the, as the man said, was, look, son, the biggest mistake you'll make in life is not putting your line in the water. And so what, what this author was saying, um, Arthur Brooks was saying, is that, is, that, is that if you're in that unknown space, first and second phase or in that transition, just get your line in the water. That's the biggest mistake you will. Look for opportunities when you're in transition, when you're in pain, 
And when you're in uncertainty, just get your line in the water and start trying to ideate or have conversations with people. But, but don't just pull your line in and say, the fish aren't biting anymore. Not for me, right? Get your line in the water. And he says, you can do that through meditation. Um, you can start, you know, feeling how you're, you know, addressing how you're feeling through meditation and like why you're feeling that way. But he said, ultimately you need to get your line back in the water. And I thought that was just a really cool thing because, you know, I've had a several, you know, we all probably everyone listening to this has had several gut punches, whether it be the business in our businesses, whether it's been side hustles. I know Craig, you've had some ventures that have been, that have gone South and I've had some, a lot of ventures that have gone South, even outside of dentistry, but it's, I always say it's like this Petri dish and sometimes you're going to get a moonshot and you're going to create something magical, but sometimes it's like, Oh, that was a, that, that experiment was a failure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you can't just you can't always have wins. I remember when I when I first started getting some losses, I was like, "Golly, I'm such a failure," but the losses were just accelerated learning. And and yeah. and you have to just keep going out there. I think that that was a really cool takeaway. One of the takeaways for me from that podcast is this guy's a very successful person. Um, he's a he's a he's a he's a multi published author. Mm-hmm. And I, I surmise from the podcast he was about fifty or late forties or something like that. Yeah, at least and. And the, what, what the impetus to write this book from strength to strength was he was on a plane and he was listening to an uh, older oh, couple yeah. behind him and he could tell they were a married couple, but it was, a, a, you know, an overnight uh, evening flight and the lights were low and he didn't want to turn around and be rude. But the wife said, no, it's okay. You're going to be remembered. You're not a failure talking to the man. And so he expected some, you know, older man that hasn't done very much with his life. And he's lamenting that he hasn't been a per- successful person. And the moral, the, the end of the story is that the lights flicked on when they arrived and he turned around and it was one of the most successful, well-known, widely loved, you know, business people and entrepreneurs ever. Mm-hmm. And it made this guy realize like, oh shit, like if this can happen to right. this badass, it could happen to me. And one of the things that's been very beneficial for me was having all these uber successful friends and seeing like, oh damn, they suffer too. They sell their company and they're have anxiety. They go through this and have no purpose. And it's like, it was just accelerated learning for me to see that, okay, if you have the lens to look into a bunch of successful people and realize that they're still dealing with the same shit, all of us listening are dealing with, then there's no way out of this. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to cultivate fulfillment on your own. It's going to, at the very end, rest upon your effort, your feelings, your attitudes. Fulfillment won't come if you just achieve your way there. And I love talking about this stuff. You know, I do because, you know, everybody's always approaching us. Well, everybody's always approaching us with the, with the easy steps. Yeah. And, um, and I watch these transitions. I watch these people say like, Hey, should I do this or that? I'm like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? And at the end of it, it's like, these people don't know what the F they want to do. They don't know what they want. No one knows what they want. Mm -hmm. You and me don't even know what they want. I mean, it's like, uh, what is, I think Naval Ravikant said, like, hey, don't be so hard on yourself. You're just an ape with a plan. You're just <laughs> you know? a, an ape with a plan? You're just an ape with a plan. Mm, funny. <laughs> you know, it's just, you're a primate with a, with a totally. uh, no, larger prefrontal that. cortex and a plan, but no different. So uh, I think it's just neat to know that we're, um, the suffering that we're all going through is not unique to you. It's, it's just part of your human DNA. And yes, it's important to run a profitable business. And yes, you want to make sure that yeah, he does is- talk about that because it can't be all just kumbaya. He's like, look, I'm a fan of capitalism, no. right? But capitalism yeah. needs to be you, the end result needs to be something that you're going to serve. And he said at the end, there's only four things that matter at the end of when they he breaks it down. And it's it's faith, 
family, friends, and work that serves other. And he says, as long as that capitalism is ultimately serving those four things that ultimately matter, as opposed to worldly other things like the Instagram or, you know, me feeling good about yourself, as long as your income and, and your desire to succeed is serving some of those other those other things that matter. He's like, I'm, I'm all for capitalism. I, you know, I want you to be a gazillionaire, but it should serve that. And, and it was anyway. It was a very. It was actually Craig, the only pod, and I will tell you this without giving you too much kudos. Like the only pod I've actually listened to recently, two times. That moved. Oh uh, yeah, that moved times. the needle for me too. Yeah. Uh, so it's we kudos to Saisha, it. my wife, but yeah. she'll never hear this. She'll never, never hear it. Hi Saisha. No. No, um, so it's, it's anyway, and by the way, Emily's no different. Peter's wife, Emily does not even know that we've written a book or have a podcast. She does. We, we both have married women that were really alarmingly unimpressed with us, which means something, by the way, mm-hmm. we like, to, we like, we don't like to be acknowledged or something like if someone, you know, probably there's probably a girl that you dated prior to Emily or I dated prior to Sasha. It was just like, Oh my God, look at what you've done. Oh my God. Look what you've done. Like, I can't marry this girl. She thinks I'm great. <laughs> oh, I'm going to marry the one that doesn't know anything like, about what I do. That sounds like a great plan. Oh, buddy. We're both happily married. So All okay. right. Well, I got nothing else on that. I think we covered probably this. This could be called um, rant two entropy. Just everything got just went crazy. And correct, you know what entropy means? Yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, you do. Of things to disorganize over time. Wow. Beautiful. The world is everything is uh, an entropic disorgan- state. Yeah, everything is, is getting expanding and disorganizing as we speak. If we call this one entropy, the people who are not wanting to hear science are going to be like, I'm not listening to entropy. Yeah, I would never listen to a podcast called Entropy. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me like Twitter, Elon Musk, Elon, and Twitter, my peroxide. Car, yeah, I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. One. I'm all in. Yeah. And especially if it's under like 40 minutes, which means we got to yeah. go. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we still have some tickets left uh, for the summit. FYI. Uh, but they are going to be uh, shortly either, you know, the last 50 go up in price just because of um, that's the way we've always done it. I think we it. might so, be there, by the way. So don't delay. I've got a lot of people reaching out to me like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, hey, have you bought your tickets? No. Yeah, you should, so you don't should seriously wait. do it. And that is not a Please sales proposition, wait. but it is It is about to be. Well, either one of two things. Either A, buy your tickets today, or B, don't don't Instagram, don't DM me or text me. One or the other. Craig. <laughs> no, because it's just... Savage, dude. <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. I just meant like I can't do anything. Remember at the last one, people like in Airbnbs and all that stuff and trying yeah. to get in? That yeah, was having, a, to, yeah. having to Uber over and yeah, what a mess. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, all right, buddy. That's a wrap. Unless you got That's anything else. Unless you got anything else, we're going we're gonna to wrap this Bulletproof pod. It's time.